And now the prayer begins, please, Lord. What's Hebrew for please? Well, what are the three or four Hebrew words that you know? How do you end a prayer? Amen, Amen which means truth. Um, how do you praise God? Hallelujah, which praise the Lord. Another way to praise God. Ho, Hosanna. Hosanna. And the na, that means save us please. The na is how you say please. Okay? So na means please. Please, Lord. And look how he spells Lord. I mean, this is the English translation, but what isn't it? It's not all capitals. It's just regular L-O-R-D, which is the Hebrew word for master. It's Adonai. Rather than Jehovah or Yahweh, it's just Adonai. So it's Lord, meaning Daniel is, this is a statement of fear. Rather than God, you're the one who always keeps his promises, Daniel's saying, I'm scared right now because of our sinfulness. And he's, he's going to use this spelling of Lord. He uses the other one too, but he's going to use this spelling of Lord three or four times in the prayer. Several times it's going to show up. So please, Lord, you are the great God who is to be feared, who keeps the covenant, and who shows mercy to those who love him and keep his commands. Now listen to verse 5 and count on your fingers the sin words. We have sinned. We have been guilty. We have acted wickedly. We have rebelled and turned aside from your commands and standards. How many? Five. And what's left out of those five? I mean, we've sinned. That's generic for sin, right? It's actually to try and miss the mark. Um, chata. Then there's we've been guilty, my original sin. It, I sit in my guilt, right? We've, that's kind of like um, when a teenager forgets to take a bath for a week. They, they, they sit in their stink right right i mean not my teenagers at home but you know teenagers i remember this from my high school days so um so that we we we've, we they sit in their guilt we've acted wickedly that's actual sins we have rebelled that's a pretty dangerous sin to rebel that's a sin that starts with um uh like despising God or hating God in your heart and then concocting a, a, a method and then communicating that and involving other people maybe and open rebellion. That's pretty serious stuff. And turned aside from your commands and standards, re rejecting the word of God. Um, wow, what have we, what have we, what has he not said here? Well, if uh, failure to listen, right? That's kind of, however, that's next. We, we did not listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, officials, and fathers, and to all the people of your land. So six different words for sin in these two verses. Also, it's, it's, it's uh, wonderful. We did not listen to your servants who spoke in your name to who? He could have said to everyone, right? But he doesn't say to everyone. He says kings, officials, fathers, and all. So why does Daniel mention the kings? Well, who got Judah in trouble, O exiles? It is. It is. And it included the kings. And then the officials. 
the ones who supported the king and who, you know, and, and then the fathers, you know, don't, don't just sit there dads and look smug among your families because we blew it too. And then all. So it's the whole, as you say, the, it's the whole line of authority. Um, we're all guilty. We, none of us can wriggle out of this. That's the genius of an excellent preacher of the law. And would that I were this kind of genius. But to, to back me into a corner with, with God's law so that there is no escape for me, that truly shows me my sins. That's what I need so that I know that I've fallen short of the glory of God. Seven, righteousness is yours, Lord. Again, O Master, the Lord. But we are filled with shame this day. We, the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the lands where you have banished them because of the treachery with which they betrayed you. Can I just mention here that um, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, is Daniel in Jerusalem? No, he's in the city of Babylon. Who's in Jerusalem? Cricket, 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 tumbleweed, a couple of beggars, you know, a handful of people. There's nobody in Jerusalem to speak of. It's a ruin. The, 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 the city is, is wrecked, so there might be a couple people eking out, but most of them have moved out because it's dangerous. It's just rubble. There's just nothing there. When the exiles come back a year from now, things will change. And under Nehemiah, they'll change in a big way, but not for not now. Um, also, he says Israel. What, what happened to Israel? Yeah. They got taken away by the Assyrians in, the, in 722. This is 539. It's a long time ago, right? It's 200 years ago. But they're on Daniel's mind. The people of the northern tribes. And guess what? In Jeremiah 29, they're in Jeremiah's mind too. Those people, those poor people from up north, they're gone. And strangers are living up in Samaria now. But our, our people, you know, Naphtali, Zebulun, they're gone. And, and, uh, and they, the, the prophets ache for those people who are gone um, so Daniel's thinking about them as well. In the lands, plural, where you have banished them because of the treachery. Ugh. Where, where did the people of the north go? The Assyrians didn't bring them to Assyria. They sent them away. They went far, far away. Um, today, we sometimes hear of them. Uh, have you ever heard of the Ashkenazi Jews? Um, when I was a little boy... There was a great violin, was he a violin player or a pianist? Uh, he was a piano player, he played Chopin. Vladimir Ashkenazi, um, it's, that, that's who introduced me to Chopin. Um, fantastic music back in the 60s, 70s. Um, and, uh, but with that name, and Ashkenazi. Um, this is so far north, sometimes in the book of Acts we get references to the Scythians. That's western Siberia. That's the farthest north, I think, that the Bible ever gets when it talks about stuff up north. Is, I mean, Siberia is pretty far north, right? Um, and the Jews evidently went up there because that's Ashkenazi territory, up north of the Caspian Sea, way, way up there. 
Um, but Bonaparte didn't get that far north when he was trying to conquer everything. Um, so by the way, I, I'd like to find it for you someday. There's a verse in Isaiah where he talks about the people who are so far east that he uses a word that only occurs once in the Bible and Isaiah calls them the shin. What do you think that word means? I think it's China, yeah. Yeah. But we, they didn't know what to do with it, in, even in the Septuagint. China hadn't been discovered yet in the Septuagint. And yet Isaiah, there's some kind of contact with those folks somewhere. Um, somebody had been there, but pretty cool stuff. The, 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 the lands touched in scripture go pretty deep into Africa, southern Sudan, which is almost central Africa, correct? Um, north, as far north as Siberia, as far east as China, and as far west as what? The Atlantic coast of Spain. So uh, uh, that's, that's a big piece of the known world right there to include all of that. Um, okay, the treachery with which they've betrayed you, everybody. Let's just go on here. Lord, we are filled with shame. Our kings, our officials, our fathers who sinned against you. Again, he brings those titles back. Acts of compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God, even though we have rebelled against him. That's what they're looking for, isn't it? Compassion and, and forgiveness. We did not listen to the voice of the Lord our God by, by walking according to his laws that he set before us through the hands of his servants, the prophets. Will you look at that verse carefully? And, 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 and pick it apart as if you're going to just diagram the sentence. We did not listen by doing what? Walking. Listen by walking. What does walking mean in this, in this context? Obeying or acting in some way, doing, listen by doing. Is there, a, is there a, maybe a verse in the book of James that comes to mind? Putting my faith into action? Right? This is works that accompany faith. You know, if I can paraphrase James with a 21st century analogy, you show me uh, your new set of tires and I'll show you my car with its new set of tires. And we'll see who gets further. You know, um, you know are you going to be Sisyphus and push your four tires up the hill? Or should you have the whole car? You know, and, and do the whole thing. So it's good to have the tires. But the whole car. You get what I'm saying about faith and works? James says faith without works is dead. You show me your faith, but you're not doing anything about it? That's a dead faith. So over and over again, Scripture wants us to show our faith with what we do. And here's a good example of it. By listen, by walking according to his laws that he set up. By the way, through the voice of the prophets? No. Through the hand of his servants, the prophets. Once again, Daniel understanding that for Daniel, Scripture more and more is not simply preached, but written. So we're getting into a part of scripture where, and I, I, by the way, I'm, it's, it's almost a, a non sequitur. The word scripture means things written down, scribed. 
So for them, more and more, Scripture was written down in our hands. How much of the Bible did Daniel's people have? They had Jeremiah. So they had, let's walk through the Old Testament, shall we? They had what, first of all? All of Moses, all of all the Pentateuch. Did they have Joshua, Judges, yeah, Ruth, Samuel, sure, Kings? Kings, the book of Kings, maybe written by Jeremiah, by the way, um, ends with the captivity. So they may have had the book of Kings. Um, they didn't, I don't think, yet have the book of Chronicles because it ends with the return from captivity. And I think that maybe Ezra wrote Chronicles. So I'm not sure that they had that book yet. I don't think it was written yet. Ezra wasn't born yet at this time. But did they have Isaiah? Sure. At least some of Jeremiah. Um, let's go backwards. Did they have the book of Job? Sure. I think it was written about the time of David. David or Solomon. So that's 500 years ago for Daniel. Um, Psalms, same thing. Even the last psalm was a captivity psalm. Do you know which number? By the rivers of Babylon where we sat down and wept. We hung our harps on the poplars when we remembered Zion. Psalm 137. Um, so Psalm 137, the last psalm. psalm one, it's a captivity psalm. The rest are probably done before that. So um, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, all back in Solomon's time and so forth. Jeremiah may have written his Lamentations and nine of the minor prophets. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah have lived. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, maybe not born yet. That's the time period we're living in. So, um, the, the, written through the hand of his servants, the prophets. Okay. Um, all Israel violated your law and turned away by not listening to your voice. So you poured out the curse on us. What an expression that is. To, um, you know, like, like it's, uh, I don't know, acid or lava or poison or, or what, it's usually a foaming cup of poisoned wine in, in the prophets. You, 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 by, you poured out the curse on us and fulfilled the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we sinned against him. Um, so, uh, uh, Mo, of course, Moses threatening, if you turn away from me, all of these curses. Where were the, what mountains were the curses spoken on? Do you remember? Moses said, when you get to the land, go to these two mountains in the middle and speak these blessings and curses. Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. By the way, between them is where the city of Samaria was built, up, up north. But that's where they were supposed to speak the curses and the, and the blessings when they first got there. Um, one of the reasons why the Samaritans wanted Mount Gerizim to be the holy mountain. Because they said, you know, when we first came here, we spoke the blessings and curses here. You know, they, the, the, the Samaritans aren't dummies. They, they had scriptural reasons, they thought, for thinking that their city was the city of God. Would God have cared if they had been faithful? I don't think so. I think if they had been faithful, sure. The problem wasn't the location. 
The problem was how they handled the word of God. And when Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman at the well, is that John 4, I suppose, um, and, and, and they start talking about, you know, we were, you know, we worship on this mountain and you worship back in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, yeah, but you worship what you don't know. That's the problem. It's not the where, it's the who and the what. That's the problem. Okay. Um, again, we've sinned against him. God, oh, that word for sin though, chata, um, to, to shoot, it's, a, it's an archery term. It means to shoot, and when you're shooting an archery, what are you trying to hit? Think of target practice. You're trying to hit the middle of the target, right? And so you're trying, you want to hit what's called the gold in the center of the target, but you shoot and you miss. That's this word, chata, to, to try and then to miss. So we're trying to keep God's word, but we keep failing, we keep missing. Um, Try as I may, Paul says. You know, the, the, the good that I would do, that I, I don't do. I want to, but I don't. I keep messing up. I keep failing over and over and over again. Um, you talk to somebody who struggles with an addiction, alcohol, or swearing, or, or what do they just legalize in, uh, is, it, um, is it Utah? Or is it... Um, What's the what's the triangly one, um, where the where the where the where the casinos are? Um, they just legalized everything. So opium, all narcotics, all and they 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 wanted to 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 kill the the illegal drug trade, and so they regulated it all. You know, you know, in a way, it makes it kind of makes sense, but bizarre. But uh, yeah, I, uh, but all of the, uh, I was making a different point and that just came bubbling out, I'm sorry. It's my shock. Um, I should never listen to the radio on my way to class. Uh, 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 so, oh, oh to, to try, but then to miss, to attempt and then to fail. So many of our sins, we want to do A, but we do everything else. We do B through Z. You know, we just, we just miss. Um, forgive us, Lord. God has fulfilled the words that he spoke against us and against our judges. Do you, I don't know. Do you think Daniel's talking about the judges of the judges? I mean, this could be something else, but he kind of has gone from Moses, right? Prophets. He mentions judges. I'm going to let that sit there and hang with you. Like is Daniel letting all of the Old Testament leaders, you know, show up here in the text? Um, against our judges by bringing such a great disaster upon us. What was done in Jerusalem has never been done under all of heaven. Did, did Samaria get destroyed the way Jerusalem was destroyed? Did Sodom get destroyed the way Jerusalem was destroyed? Did the cities of the Philistines get destroyed the way that Jerusalem got destroyed? What did Jerusalem have that none of those cities had? The temple. God's holy mountain. As is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster came upon us, but we did not seek the favor of the Lord our God to turn from our guilt and to gain insight into the truth. First of all, what is the word but? Yeah, is it a good word or a bad word here? 
I mean, it would be different, right, if all this disaster came on us and, but he says, but instead, you know, this disaster should have turned us back to God. Why does God chasten us? Why does God chastise us? Why does God allow disaster to come into our lives to turn us back to him? And what does Daniel say? All this disaster came on us, but we didn't turn back. You didn't, we, we didn't turn back. We didn't seek the favor of the Lord. And by the way, what two ways could we or should we have sought the favor of the Lord? Two things, to turn from our guilt and to gain insight into your truth. That kind of sounds to me like the two parts of repentance. To turn from my sin, my guilt, and to gain insight. Now, actually, this maybe is going even beyond that. Because to turn from guilt, or to be turned from my sin and toward Christ, you could, that could be, all be encapsulated into turn from our guilt. But then beyond that, to gain insight into your truth, repentance should be followed by diving into the word of God, studying the word of God, meditating on the word of God, applying the word of God. What are you guys doing right now besides trying to stay awake at this hour? You're studying the word of God. This is what we do. We pour ourselves into the word of God. Who else wants to study the word of God besides mankind? I love that verse. Even angels long to look into these things. And guess what we have that the angels don't have? We have our own Bible. The angels have to use ours. They don't have their own Bible. Of course, the angels live through it all. The angels angels are deathless, and therefore they, they were there when Isaiah was writing, and they learned his writings. But still, there are times where Maybe one of us has an insight. This, this, this was uh, shared with me by a professor, and I don't remember which one. It might have been uh, a professor some of you knew because he was my predecessor here. Leroy Duberstein. 70s? It's after you came, right, Herb? You guys came in the, was it 68 or 69, something like that, or in there somewhere. But Duberstein was here after that, I think, right? Um, and was my homiletics professor at the seminary. And, um, uh, and I believe he's the one who pointed out to us, sometimes human beings say things that maybe even an angel has not considered before, or the angels might think to themselves, you know, we knew this all along, finally one of you dumb humans gets it. You know, um, but imagine um, who had strung things together the way that Paul does. Nobody. Who had strung things together the way that Augustine does? The soul of man is restless, O Lord, until it finds rest in you. You know, the things that... What about Luther? I mean, he kind of had a potty mouth sometimes, but Luther says things that are just engaging and, and thrilling and restored the doctrine of justification by faith alone, which, by the way, Daniel's getting to. Justification by faith alone is in this chapter also, in this prayer also, if I get to it and not keep going off on tangents. So, uh, uh, oh, let's, let's go on. 14. 
Therefore the Lord watched over the disaster and brought it upon us because the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does. But we did not listen to his voice. God is never wrong in the things that he does. 15. And now, Lord our God, you who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made a name for yourself to this very day, we have sinned, we have acted wickedly. Egypt, is Daniel just talking about Moses? Who else is in Egypt right now? Jeremiah. I just kind of wonder if Daniel's talking to Jeremiah. You know, I, yeah, I'm going to use Egypt. The, the, I'm going to talk about Moses, but I'm going to say the word Egypt. Jeremiah didn't want to be in Egypt, and Daniel is saying, you know, God brought his people out of Egypt once. That little mini sermon to a buddy, far, far away. When a good friend of mine was ordained, I got to preach for his ordination back in um, 2000, I think. And I preached on Psalm 3, and then all of a sudden I got a call away, and uh, he ended up up in Fairfax. I preached for his installation in Fairfax. I preached on Psalm 4. I figured we got 150 Psalms, I'll just go through them. And uh, um, about 10 years apart. Um, and I remember at that second sermon, though, I, I was a, it, was a, it was an afternoon, um, and I said, to, right now, the devil's in this room, pastor, and you have a target painted on your back um, because he wants to thwart your work in this place. And so we're going to pray for you constantly, aren't we, O congregation, um, that he protects you and guides you um, uh, so God is with you, uh, you personally. Remember, I've, I've said this a couple times, once was at an MVL graduation, um, when we pray the benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Think about this when you hear those words. That benediction was originally spoken by Aaron in the book of Numbers to two million Israelites. And yet the word you is singular in the Hebrew. So it's, it's, it's as if it's a room full of people. But he says, the Lord bless you, Joanne. And the Lord keep you, Herb. You know, and goes around. So when, it, when I hear that benediction, I remember that. That's God speaking to the crowd, but it's God speaking to me personally. Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, although because of our sins and the guilt of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are viewed with contempt by everyone around us. I wanted to get to this line also. Now listen, our Lord, to the prayer of your servant and his plea for grace and let your face shine upon your desolate sanctuary for your sake, my Lord. Do you see it there? Let your face shine upon us. Yeah. Remembering that benediction, remembering um, his people. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.